Bienvenidos a Cafecito with Rosie on Air. We are in the first quarter of 2021, and we are talking about purpose. And we are very grateful to dedicated senior care for sponsoring our show. And today, I am very honored to introduce one of their doctors at the East Tampa location in Tampa, Florida, Dr. Claribel Cruz. Hello, Dr. Cruz. How are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And tell me, where are you from originally? I'm originally from Miami, but um, I come from a Spanish background. My dad is Cuban and my mom is Puerto Rican. Good. And what made you decide to be a doctor? Oh, God. Um, so my parents are, I come from a long line of uh, doctors in my family. And basically, it, it's been in my, I guess, in my DNA to help people. Um, always since I was little, I've always, you know, been that nurturer, been it's, it's always been instilled in me to care for others. And basically, I really, what I really enjoyed most and what I really made me fall in love with, the, uh, with my profession is just that continuity and that family feeling that you get from the patients. Good. So tell me a little bit about your family. Are you married? You have children? Where, uh, what stage of your life are you in right now? Uh, well... I am married. I have three kids. I just had our newest little member um, added to the family about three months ago. Um, so, you know, we do have three kids in total. I have two girls and our littlest one. Um, so I'm in a sleep deprived stage, I guess you would call <laughs> it at this point. That's what that's actually what, what I was gonna ask you. Is he, is he sleeping through the night uh, yes, yet? He is, he is. Thank uh, God he is. Yeah. And I suggest just enjoy every moment of them with them because they grow up so fast. My children are 29 and 25 and 22. And it was like yesterday I just had them, you know. Yeah. That's one of the things with families. Enjoy your children because they sometimes they drive you insane, but they're not going to be here for too long and just live every single minute with them to the best that you can do. Of course, yep. And I look forward to seeing them grow and they're, it's just it's so special. It's just something and, so special. And in your um, biography, you said here, I help my patients live happy, healthy, golden years. So tell me a little bit about that part. The majority of the, the patients that are seen at dedicated uh, senior medical centers um, are in the golden years. So how do you help them? So basically, my, my goal is to make sure that they live their life. They've already de dedicated so much to society. Um, I want to improve their, you know, their, their golden years, improve their quality of life. So by doing so, we make sure that everything that needs to be done in terms of preventative medicine is taken care of, um, that we promote um, just overall well-being. Um, not only physical health, but also emotional well-being as well as uh, social well-being. Yeah. And tú hablas un poquito de español, right? Sí. <laughs> and, that is, <laughs> and that is very important, especially in the Hispanic community, that our patients are able to communicate on their language. Why do you think that's important? 
it's extremely important for our patients to feel comfortable when they come see us. They, you know, sometimes they can explain themselves better um, or you can relate to them because of cultural um, backgrounds, um, you know, but just the, the language barrier sometimes is, a, you know, it's, it's a problem for our patients. They don't feel comfortable and they won't express themselves entirely and they won't, you know, it, it makes it difficult for us to get to the bottom line unless, you know, our patients are comfortable with us. And who else would you feel more comfortable with than somebody that speaks your own language? Yeah, and I think also if you bring a family member and that family member is translating or interpreting, it can get a little bit um, embarrassing if there's yeah. something that the parents will not like their children to know. Exactly. Yeah. There's also the confidentiality, you know. It, it makes Sometimes it can embarrass the patient. Um, so we try to keep that to a minimum. Obviously, there are times that they may be needed if there's nobody that speaks that language. But we here, you know, we have a lot of different variety of languages. And, you know, a lot of our patients do feel very comfortable with our Spanish-speaking doctors here. Great. Now, in, in talking a little bit about that community, I know sometimes the issue is we love our rice and beans, right? Arroz con habichuelo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <A lot. laughs> yeah. So I think uh, one of the biggest um, um things that sometimes happen or this the disease that happen in our community is diabetes right yeah. um yeah so tell me a little bit about you know when when because again you know i love my chuletas i love my, my <laughs> and sometimes it's like i have to stop but when you have eaten that all your life yes and now you're trying to teach somebody else, some, uh, teach them a new way of thinking. How do you help our community or anybody in that matter that suffers with that disease? And How do you guide them? That's a great point that you bring up just because it's, you know, I know that growing up with Puerto Rican Cuban meals is very different than growing up with, you know, the traditional American meals. Um, so I can relate to my to my patients in that way I can tell them okay this is what you know a carbohydrate consists of a lot of people don't understand that viandas or yuca malanga boniato all these other things these are all starches and they're carbohydrates and that's going to affect your sugar so um you know we can relate to them like that we can we usually I usually help them make meal plans according to what they are accustomed to eating so instead of having Treguineo, they'll do one. Right. And you, know, and, you know, instead of having rice and carne con papa, you know, you can just have the rice and the carne, but leave the papas out and just do more vegetables. Right. So right. Um, it, it, it's very helpful to understand and to be able to relate to their, um, to their likes and their wants so like that you can you can help them because if not they're going to feel like you're taking everything away from them some people say if you take away my rice bowl what else am i going to eat right you know and there's there's a lot of other varieties of foods that can can help them and that do taste equally as good so um you know we i make help them make meal plans um just kind of individualized to their likes Right, right. And I know that there is sometimes, like, I remember that 
the first story, like you, the patient that kind of changed your life. I, I remember when I uh, did my first Medicare sale, uh, and I will never ever forget that because it was actually a couple. And the next appointment I had was the neighbor. And I, I realized, that I, told, I told them that I was going to go see their neighbor. And they actually called the neighbor over because he was actually crossing the fence. So when I finished my first Medicare appointment, it was actually three people that I helped into the community and find the right plan for their needs. And it just inspired me. And I knew it was affirmation that that's what I wanted to do in life is helping uh, people with their Medicare options. Um, do you have kind of like a story like that that you yeah, can share? Of course, with very, with very, very similar, actually. Well, I was in high school, I think, and um, my dad is a physician in Miami. And um, somebody came in in horrible, horrible pain, barely able to walk, just like really severe hip pain. And, you know, when the patient walked up, he was just so thankful, so happy. He left his, they even left the walker in the office. And I was, I went up to my dad afterwards. I'm like, hey, what's going on? What did you do? How come this guy came in basically crippled and he was, he, he was able to walk out? What did you do? He's like, sweetie, it's, you know, it's simple. You observe and you treat them with respect and you do what you would want for yourself. And he gave them an injection. He, you know, he comforted them and he made them feel that somebody cared because they had been to multiple specialists and people were just throwing them off, say, it's just arthritis. You're going to have to live with it. That's just the way it is, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and seeing that, that was when I said, okay, this is for me. This is what I'm going to do. Good, good. Yeah, and it's just so amazing. How can you change people's lives um, by guiding them into the right direction and then uh, help them with their with their illness, right? And what yeah. affects them and make them not be able to be themselves, right? Exactly. Um, now, um, I know that, that um, Chen Medical or dedicated uh, senior medical centers have a a customer service and not to match with anything else, right? Oh, it's yeah. all about relationship, relationship, relationship. Yes. So tell me a little bit about when it comes to your, you as a doctor, mm -hmm. um, how is that important? So basically each, each doctor in our company, they have a small patient panel, which allows us to create deep patient relationships with our focus, our main focus of prevention. So at the end of the day, it's much better for our patients. They can see us frequently as many times as they need. Um, I, we always give out our business cards with our cell phone numbers on it. So our patients have our cell phone numbers and that allows the patient to make, you know, they, it helps them feel as if they're part of the family, you know, um, and creates that super important trust that we need um, with our, with our, with our patients, you know, um, it's a two way street. Medicine is not what the doctor says. Medicine is what is recommended and what the patient wants. At the end of the day, they are, our patients are the ones driving the ship. We're just recommending which way they go. So we need to have, we need to have them, you know, feel comfortable with us because nobody's going to want a doctor that they cannot trust. And, you know, we provide that family uh, environment for them. 
and um, our patients tend to do that much better. Right, right. So now um, you also have different specialists in yes. the same location. Yes. So tell me a little bit about that part. Why is so, that so important? Well, we like to try, obviously, our seniors, you know, we want to try to make things as comfortable and as pleasant for them as, as possible. In-house, we do have our cardiologists. Uh, we also offer um, podiatry in-house. Um, and we also offer um, acupuncture. We have our imaging, which is x-rays in-house as well. So we try to keep as much of much we can do in-house rather than sending people out. Um, it just makes, makes it better overall, less having to deal with specialists on the outside um, and less comp, you know, the patient is not as confused or it's less complicated for the patient. And also lab work, right? So I yes. believe if people need to have their lab work. As well as echocardiograms. Thank you for reminding me. Um, so we also do our echoes in-house. So those are ultrasounds of the heart. Um, so we, uh, we offer imaging, which is x-ray and ultrasounds. Okay. Good, good, good. So when people have uh, their work, so the echocardiograms or their labs, will, will you be able to kind of have that information to discuss with them right away? Or do they have to come out to another um, appointment after you get the results? Well, the echo usually takes a couple hours to be read and the blood work usually comes back within a day or two. Um, what we tend to do is I like to do everything in the initial visit and either do a video conference with the patient if they're able to do so or just somewhere where we can discuss the, the you know, our findings. Um, and the results. The, exactly. And the um, action plan, where are you going to go from exactly, there? Exactly, because it's impossible to do everything in one visit. Um, and to go over everything. So that's why we have found that it's best for us to do um, intensive high touch, high touches with our patient. And that's what our core model consists of, which is basically bring patients in as frequently as needed. So mm -hmm. as much as the patient requires to come in, it could be once a month or it could be on a daily basis, depending on each individual's needs. So now, we and to focus on that. Good. And now with the new normal, right? You mentioned mm. something very very important, the new telemedication or perhaps a phone call because one of the things that I, I wish I share with people is that I have not really had a sit down uh, in people's in-home um, appointment because I just don't feel comfortable um, sitting at people's so not for me but for them because they are um our golden population mm -hmm. right and they are the the ones that they are the more um perhaps threatened by our our um by the virus um so has that increased and now a lot where you have more of the telemedication or the phone conversations instead of a face-to-face yeah, so what we have done in face of our new normal, since our patients are the more susceptible ones, because obviously our seniors are the ones that are mostly affected, um, we have increased our video touches with the patients. 
Um, we do still bring patients in, but it's at a very structured schedule where we limit the amount of people that are in the office simultaneously. Um, everybody is with, you know, our, our PPE, which is our personal protection equipment um, at all times. And everybody uses all, you know, safety here is really not negotiable. It's just for the safety of our patients and for their well-being. So um, everybody uses their PPE. We have our social distance um, lobby, which keeps people at least six feet away. Um, maybe I would say ours probably at seven or eight feet. So it gives us a lot of space to be able to, you know, to accommodate our patients. Mm -hmm. And um, in the transportation, so they also probably follow some of those guidelines on, on the yes. CDC, right? Yes, most definitely. We obviously we use um, a transportation service um, and they are, you know, we always recommend that the patient wear their face mask and for the drivers, they should be wearing their face mask as well. Right. And um, now and a very key thing um, that I also would like to mention here is that the transportation is actually a employee of dedicated medical senior center. It's not just this random um, uh, transportation department mm -hmm. that you hire depending on the plan. They, they're actually employees of Chem Medical, right? Well, um, we actually started using uh, Uber Health. Okay. We started using Uber Health, um, I would say a couple of months ago. Um, and it's really helped with our transition. Um, and it actually helps with the facilitation of moving the patients in into the center instead of having everybody come together in a bus. For social distance purposes, it works out best. Um, so we've we've transitioned into the into the Uber Health for for the time being. Yeah, and this is so important because, right, we all learning as we go because this is so new, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, and and we just try to see things um, adapting and moving forward and mm -hmm. see how we can improve, and how can we can protect each other, um, and and learn this new normal together. Because until now, nothing is is it's correct or incorrect you know you just try to do as much precaution as I can but we got to try everything because we don't know uh, exactly. if it's going to work or not or if it's going to create a new industry out of this uh, this uh, new normal right exactly yeah so I know you're probably very busy with your children and your family but who is the one person that kind of have inspired you or perhaps you follow, you know, with social media, there's some people that inspire you and you follow. Um, what was some, uh, perhaps maybe a book that you read that you can share others um, that changed your life or, you know, um, somebody that, that you learn from a mentor um, that make you realize, wow, you know, this is an easier way to do this and I help it, it helps me a lot. Yeah, so one of my biggest mentors, I would say, is um, is actually one of my associate professors in my residency program. He's the one that really helped me um, 
he was the one that I would actually go to when I had any issues or concerns. And he was into continuity of care and, you know, outpatient medicine. While everybody was kind of pulling me to stay in the hospital, try doing a, you know, a fellowship in intensive care or, or anything along those lines, I would go to him and be like, you know, I really want to do continuity of care, really want to do outpatient medicine. And he was the one that really solidified my my, you know, my decision, he's like, this is what you need to do. And, you know, he was the one to really help me and his, you know, he, I would say changed my life because if not, I'd be in the hospital and doing something that I probably would not be as happy as I am doing what I am doing now. Good, good. And do you feel that uh, you can do the same for somebody else when you had had such a wonderful experience with a mentor? I really do. I really do think so. Um, obviously, I say that you don't work a day of you, in your life if you love what you do. So every morning I wake up and I say, you know, it's it's another day. It's another beautiful day. Here we go. You know, because I don't get that drag that I would probably have if I were doing some some other specialty or doing something different. You know, this is what I feel I was born to do. Yes, yes. And that's the, I think the biggest thing, once you find your purpose, mm -hmm. um, you are able to share that with the world and change and make a difference, right? Because that's what exactly. we all hear. Well, Dr. Cruz, thank you so much for your time with us today. We really, really do appreciate it and look forward to hearing you more in the future, okay? Thank you for having me. Okay. Well, my dear followers and listeners, um, this is the month of purpose. If you haven't found your purpose or you perhaps have lost your way, a good way to remind yourself or to find that that is missing is to be able to start your day being grateful of your attributes. So find what you are good at. Like one of the things that I always remember, I like to smile. I am friendly. I like to help people. So go back to what are you grateful for and just mention that and leave that. Perhaps that is what you need to bring you back to your center so you can leave a purpose fulfilling life where you will be able to change your environment. Remember, finding your ñeque starts with finding your purpose because once you find your purpose, you discipline yourself to be able to, to go back to that center and stay there to be able to continue to give of yourself to others to make the difference. Then you will persist persevere, and then pivot into the amazing life you were created to be. My friends, have a pure, positive, and inspiring day. Thank you for listening to Cafecito, for listening to Cafecito with Rosie on air. Ciao!